today, actually, I'll start out this week. We had an amazing time at uh, Vacation Bible School and uh, worked together with several churches. I don't know how many total were involved, but at least four or five uh, there at the Federated Church. And our church was responsible for the snack station and uh, Amanda and several others, uh, kind of a team effort to get the creativity going. And they just did an amazing job building uh, Samson and Esther's crown and just really creative ways to make a snack instead of just handing them a plate of food and they chow it down. So uh, it was really fun and you uh, ladies and Rick was there too and me. So there's a few gentlemen involved, but uh, you guys did great and it makes a pastor proud. To, I love VBS, so there is uh, it get, builds good relationship with the kiddos from our church, and so uh, it shows when I'm there that the pastor, you know, cares about them, and plus I'm a children's pastor at heart, and so I love getting in there and and playing around in the games and acting crazy. So uh, I want to welcome the uh, live stream people and the people that will be watching here in the next week. We're glad that you join us, and and we love to put out this uh, part of the ministry to be able to uh, reach you when you're unable to be in attendance here. So we just pray a blessing over you as you uh, tune in today. Uh, the rest of Vacation Bible School, we'll try to have some pictures and stuff next week to kind of show you what went down and how, um, how much energy there was. If you weren't there, you just don't know, like, what's, what's BBS about? Man, I was impressed there was 120 some odd uh, kids there and a lot of different adults leading and uh, it was just a great time in a couple of years uh, we'll host it here again we've done that um, in the past they just kind of rotate around so um, we will have a chance to uh, lead that as well and uh, looking forward to that and in the meantime as I was talking to a couple of the leaders we can do you know, shorter stuff, smaller things uh, like that and have similar impact to show our, uh, reach out to the children in our community. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, part of what I'm talking about in our message today, kind of wrapping all of this. If you remember back to even before Easter, when Brother uh, Pastor Dave Bennett was here and kind of talked about how we're created to serve and how we're uh, God's master's piece that he has placed uh, talents and interests and abilities in you all with the purpose of serving the Lord and sharing Jesus with others and we work through the spiritual gifts and we've just kind of done a, a little bit of everything through Easter um, and after Easter what, what happened after Jesus rose from the dead and he, he, he gave the Great Commission. And the Great Commission isn't just for the missionaries, it's not just for uh, pastors or evangelists, but for all of us, anyone who uh, becomes a Christ follower, you are commissioned to tell others about Jesus. And um, the, we're going to talk today about our uh, walking with the Lord, walking in the Spirit, and um, when we're built up in our faith and built up through the Holy Spirit, it's not to make us look like super Christian, right? That I go to church every week. It's like the guy going to the gym just to get huge. Like you, you need to have a reason to get 
big and buff and tough and stuff. I worked on that rhyme for a lot of years. <laughs> anyway, so um, <clears throat> that's kind of the area, the way we're going today. I wanted to tell you first about two brothers who are uh, terrible troublemakers, and there's nobody that's in this uh, church family. It's, this is, this is uh, someone else, okay? So uh, they're always breaking things. They're always stealing things, lying, making all kinds of trouble. And the parents have tried everything to get the boys to change and just uh, to no avail. And finally, uh, they're out of options, and they ask their pastor if he can help. And he agrees and says, oh, he'll talk to the boys, but um, only one of them at a time. And so the parents drop off the youngest, and, and they go home promising to return and get the, get the boy soon. So the boy comes into the pastor's office. He sits in a chair across from the pastor's desk, and they just look at each other. Finally, the pastor says, where is God? And the boy just sits there and doesn't answer. This intense moment. The pastor begins to look stern and loudly says, where is God? The little boy shifts in his seat, nervous, but he still doesn't answer. And the pastor is starting to get angry at the boy's refusal to have conversation. And, and he practically shouts out, where is God? To the pastor's surprise, the little boy jumps up out of his chair and he runs out of the office and the boy leaves the church. He runs all the way home. He runs up the stairs into his brother's room and he slams the door and he's panting and says, we're in big trouble. God's missing and they think we did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had another joke. This one was at VBS, okay? So I'm having this conversation. Me and Rick are there, and the ladies are doing all the work, and we're just talking and joking around. And so we're talking about food and, you know, like, what men love to talk about eating. And uh, the Schoolhouse Cafe, we get on the topic of, you know, their buffet on Sundays, really good. And, man, if you can make it out of church on time, early enough to get there, and so Rick says, you know, if you would ever have a short sermon, uh, we'd be able to get to the buffet on time. And I was just saying, I don't know what a short sermon is. Like, that's an oxymoron. You can't have a short sermon, okay? So I promised him that one of these times I'll pay attention to the menu. When it's a roast beef on the buffet, okay, I'll try to get out at 1130 to give us time before the Baptist and the Lutheran eat all the food, so... Anyway, <laughs> all right, as I was saying before, over the past month or so, we've learned that each of us were created by God as a masterpiece, giving our uh, characteristics, our strengths, uh, all to be used for His glory. We looked at each of the types of gifts um, that we are given and, and commanded to use to tell others about Jesus. Last week, uh, Pentecost Sunday, we got specific about gifts that the Holy Spirit gives through the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you to continue uh, to go deeper in the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you haven't, and we're kind of talking about that throughout the message today. And so I want to wrap all of this up 
And next Sunday, we'll have a, a new series beginning, and then we have Father's Day after that, and we have some things on, on the mind, on the heart to speak about those. But I want to talk to you about living out your faith and how all of this, the whole purpose of, of God is redeeming mankind, and he's redeemed you all to share with others and not to keep it to yourself. It was the purpose in sending the Holy Spirit, Acts 1, 8 says, that you'll receive power to be my witnesses, okay? Um, it's not, the Holy Spirit helps us individually, but he also uh, helps us to reach others and to have boldness and, and the gifts to use those gifts to speak to others. So, God has spoken to you and you have put your faith in him. Now it is our responsibility to recognize the gifts, the talents that are in our lives and uh, live them out to share Jesus with the world. I've said it a few times through our series, but God not only calls us to minister, but then he equips us to do so. He doesn't just tell you, uh, you have to do this but then he gives you the way. How? How does he do that? Well, through the Holy Spirit. We must live by the Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit uh, and serve others in the unity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Uh, he is part of the Trinity uh, with God the Father and God the Son and we often, we think about how uh, mighty God the Father is and we uh, recognize him as, um, you know, maybe more important than the others or kind of the bigger head of the Godhead. I don't know. Then we always think about Jesus and all that he's done for us and um, being God in humanity, coming to earth, and he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. He died on the cross for our sins and he rose again and and we give him uh, his just due of, of um, uh, glory and honor. And we, we tend to put those two, uh, God the Father, God the Son, as kind of the, the main ones of the Godhead Trinity. And we have the Holy Spirit kind of on the side, like uh, he's uh, less than the others. He's kind of the... Um, we don't know a lot about it. It's, there's not a ton of stories in the Bible. It's not, uh, I guess, pre I don't even know how, how what to use. It's not as, the Holy Spirit isn't as prevalent as, you know, stories of Jesus and uh, stories of God and uh, in the Old Testament and, and throughout the Bible, really. But the Holy Spirit is God and he is part of the Trinity. And Jesus said a few times that, when the advocate, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then that's in John 15, 26. And then just a few verses later in chapter 16, verse 17, uh, Jesus says, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, the advocate, the helper, is the Holy Spirit. Why is he called the helper? Well, he helps you, okay? 
Why is he called the advocate? Because he advocates for you. What does he help us with? Everything. Everything. I put together a, a list here on the slides. The Holy Spirit does so much in our life. He exalts Jesus, revealing to us our need for him. At John 15, 26, like we just read, he testifies of Jesus. He helps us to see our need uh, for Jesus. He convicts us of our sin, John 16, 8. Uh, he convicts the whole world of sin. All of us are uh, sinners. We've all fallen short, and he helps every person uh, to, to realize that. He regenerates us into a new creation. Romans 8, 2, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Holy Spirit lives in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? The Holy Spirit guides us. Acts 8.29 is just one example. There's many examples of uh, people being led by the Spirit. But, and in this instant, the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. It's usually uh, not an audible voice, but through our conscience, uh, prompting us to do things. We're going to talk about that a little later. So he guides us. The Holy Spirit prompts us to worship. John 4, 24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit empowers us for witness, Acts 1.8 that I quoted earlier. You will receive power to be my witnesses. He enables us to understand and apply what is taught in the Word, in the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful to for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Holy Spirit helps us uh, to gain all of that th from the Word of God. He gives life to our mortal bodies. Romans 8.11, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in in you. We'll see that uh, in the end times when, our, when we're resurrected and uh, up in heaven with the Lord. So God has equipped us through the Holy Spirit in our lives, not only for the spiritual gifting, but for living our daily lives in Christ. I encourage you today to grasp how important it is to have and to utilize the Spirit in your life. You don't have to try and live right on your own. You don't have to try to do the things that God is asking us to do on your own. You don't have to try and overcome uh, sin on your own. The Holy Spirit is in you, and it, we need to utilize the, that, that in our life. Jude, uh, we don't quote a lot from the book of Jude. It's only... Not even, it's one chapter, so I don't know if you call it Jude one twenty, but just Jude 20, the verse, says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, 
Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Your faith is built up when two things. When one, you pray in the Holy Spirit. You're seeking God. You're seeking His will. You're, uh, you're desiring more. You're being led by His voice and by His wisdom. And the second way is keeping yourself in God's love, staying with God, staying uh, the course, not giving up, but constantly, um, but constantly staying in our faith. Our finite minds make us to think that our faith can only grow in good times. We feel like and when we're on fire for God, or man, I'm really connecting with God, and we feel like that's when we can grow in our faith. That when we experience the hard times in life, that we're doing something wrong. And man, God's not around, I've, I'm struggling, and, and <clears throat> our faith might take steps backwards. But actually, it's quite the opposite. When life is going good, our, our minds make us to think that we're good and that um, we're doing it, uh, that we are doing it so we don't really need God, okay? And so uh, when our minds tell us, oh, we can get closer to the Lord when we're, um, when we're doing well, okay, that often doesn't happen. And when we're struggling and having a difficult time in life, we're not growing close to the Lord because we feel like, man, where is God? What's going on here? And actually, uh, it's in the difficult times that we tend to draw closer to Him uh, because we, uh, out of desperation, maybe we're praying more, uh, maybe we're uh, seeking answers if we're needing a difficult choice to make, um, but we tend to rely on God more heavily uh, during difficult times, reading his word, and we're digging in out of that desperation. This thought takes us uh, to our first point today of living by the Spirit. When we live by the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are displayed through us. And often, it is in our difficulties of life that we bear fruit. A gentleman, he's passed away now, but he used to be the Assemblies of God uh, uh, superintendent, George Wood. He said, if you think having the fruit of the Spirit in your life is only possible when you have a lot of time on your hands, an ability to spend hours sitting under a tree reading, then you don't understand the fruit. If we all had this ideal environment, we could develop a semblance of the fruit of the Spirit. But the great thing about the fruit of the Spirit is that it operates in difficulties. This is a powerful thought in that God works through our difficulties to help us as we rely on Him, live in the Spirit, to not, over, not, to be, to not be overcome by those difficulties, but to bear patience and to bear peace, and to bear love. You may see someone who is always happy, who's always smiling, and think, wow, they have the fruit of joy. And it, it could be the case, 
But what about the person who lost a loved one unexpectedly and, and they have the ability by living in the Spirit to not be overcome by depression but to still have the joy of the Lord? Not meaning that uh, you just put on a fake smile and, and try to make it, right? But that you're not denying the pain but you're not losing the joy of life because of that circumstance. You may see someone who is always at peace and they're never frazzled by anything and you may think, wow, they have the fruit of peace. That may be the case. But what about the person who just lost their job or, or their home or whatever, whatever life has thrown at them and somehow, by living in the Spirit, they are still maintaining life without throwing in the towel or buckling under anxiety. You may see someone who can have self-control in areas that you fail at and think they have some superpower or they're this super Christian, and maybe that's true. But their superpower is the Holy Spirit living in them and them living in the Spirit. There was a funny movie back a while back called Evan Almighty. I don't know if you heard it. Uh, kind of a modern day Noah story, right? So in one part of the story, the wife is upset and God, Morgan Freeman, okay, uh, is this waiter at a restaurant and has a conversation with her. And he says a great quote, if someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? So whether that's theologically based or not, the point is that we all have difficulties in life and in those difficulties we bear the fruit of the Spirit because we are living in the Spirit. That passage of scripture comes from uh, Galatians 5, through 25, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, through 25, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and I'll add in living in the Spirit. So the fruit of living in the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Just a side note, not in my notes, but as I was studying, another thing George Wood was saying is that the fruits of the Spirit are not gifts of the Spirit. There's a very big difference. So the gifts of the Spirit, not everybody has. Not all Christians get every single gift of the Spirit. But all Christians should bear all the fruits of the Spirit. We can't pick and choose uh, which fruit we're going to bear. We need to be bearing all uh, the fruits of the Spirit. When we live by the Spirit or walking in that Spirit, we'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. 
What's it mean to live by the Spirit and to walk by that Spirit? You decide at salvation to live by the Spirit. We kind of talked about the difference between uh, being uh, the Holy Spirit coming into your life at salvation and then the, the extra event, the extra gift of the Holy Spirit when you're baptized, when you're filled with the Spirit. They're different. They're two different things. So uh, when you live by the Spirit, you decide at salvation and the Holy Spirit indwells you, okay? In this verse, in Galatians that we just read, Paul is writing to all Christians. And he's saying, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So then he implores us to walk by that same Spirit. That Greek word walk means to keep in step with. We need to daily stay in step with the Holy Spirit who is living in us. Don't just let the Holy Spirit be the second wheel or whatever, just kind of there, but you're not ever utilizing it. You're kind of going on with in your own way. But in each decision uh, that you make, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. In each conversation that you have, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. In each activity that you do, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Uh, every job that you may work, let the Holy Spirit speak through you, right? Talk to, listen to, be guided by the Holy Spirit. When you have a prompting to call a person, do it. When you have a prompting to take a different route, uh, go to a different store, take it, do it. When you have a prompting to wait, this is hard for some of us, but when you have a prompting to wait, slow down your thought process. Too often, and uh, it's probably just me, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you have done this too, but we miss opportunities that the Holy Spirit was trying to use us to minister. Because, again, just me, probably not you, but I feel like too often, oh God, this is an easy decision, like I'll just do it this way and it'll be fine. And the Holy Spirit saying, no, you should do this, say this, try this, go this way. There's so many times um, where I have yielded to that. And I've heard stories from you guys where you've been prompted uh, to do something, to say something, to whatever. And when you follow it, it's amazing the testimony uh, that we have. And it's literally, it's a daily, it's a daily thing to choose. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit, whatever, uh, whatever I'm doing. Sometimes we think of people as uh, super spiritual and that they have to ask the Lord, like, how many cups of coffee am I going to have today? Or where am I going to get my cup of coffee from? Like, man, you're, you're way overthinking this. No, like the Holy Spirit can, lives in us and when we walk by the Spirit, we're daily interacting with Him, allowing His wisdom to flow through our mind. There's been times, uh, I, I've given some examples, so I don't want to just keep saying the same things, but um, 
there's been trying to think of a different example. Uh, in one of the churches I was at, we were kind of in charge of security. It was a big building. And um, there would be times that I would be walking through and, and sometimes I would hear in my mind, check this, other times, nothing. So I feel like it was God doing my job, help me doing my job. So you doing your job, whatever it is, you may think, my job is easy, I know what I'm doing, so um, I don't really need the Holy Spirit in those times. I need the Holy Spirit in other times. But there would be times, and it's, hap- it's even happened here, honestly, that I'll be walking by and, and something in my mind, I'll say, check the door. Uh, there's a light on in this room. I'm like, okay. And I would open the door and there would be a light on in that room. I don't know if that's just me and a little bit of OCD of like checking every single door and checking every single light, um, but I don't always do that. And so I believe it's the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. He cares about you. He's put you in the job. He's put you in the uh, home, the family that you're supposed to be with, and he'll, he cares about everything. He's not a God that's only there on a certain level of difficulty in life. He's there for everything, okay? In, in your school, when you're going through school and you have a, a test or, or a, an assignment that's really difficult, the Holy Spirit's there and helps you and guides you. And um, I would pray and ask for the answers to tests, and the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. But when you, when you study and you're not getting it, okay, the Holy Spirit helps us to understand things, okay? And so be led by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit will help you overcome sin and temptation. I started out uh, the fruit of the Spirit verses is Galatians 5.22. But if you go back just a few to 16 and 17, Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. I'm reminded of the uh, verse in Romans that we studied a while back of like, man, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Because in you is your sinful flesh that wants to do uh, contrary to God and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in you uh, wants to help you, and, and they're at a war in your heart. They're in a war in your mind. Okay, but when you live by the Spirit, you keep in step with the Spirit and you will bear fruit of the Spirit, not sins of the flesh. Say that again. When you live by the Spirit and you keep in step with the Spirit, you will bear fruit, not sins. Okay? My third point or second since we kind of combined live and walk by the Spirit but we must serve others in the unity of the Spirit. Ephesians 4.3 uh, tells us to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
It's interesting, and I might note this later on, and I'll skip it if I do have it in my notes, but um, in each of these uh, scripture passages about the gifts, and we talked about them the past few weeks, each one also has a statement about unity in the gifts, using those gifts uh, not to be the best person uh, with that gift, not to be the only one serving, uh, but that you're working together as the body of Christ uh, to serve uh, this community, this region, this world for Jesus. Circling back to our uh, series on serving with gifts, we must do so in unity through peace. What is unity? It's a broad definition, but what I would say is uh, unity is when a, any group of people, any amount of people, uh, share a common purpose or goal. If you are here in this room, and I don't know where every single one of your uh, hearts is with the Lord, but if you're here, you're at least somewhat interested in following Christ and living for God. So we all here have a similar purpose, though we're all different. Some of you like sports like me, some of you don't, and that's okay, I forgive you. But the the unity that we have, the one thing we have in common at least, is that we all want to serve the Lord and follow Him, and we can do so together. We can live out uh, our Christian walk together. We can encourage one another, we can help one another, and we can fulfill uh, the purpose of the Lord. What is their, the Lord's purpose? Well, it's for the world to know Jesus and come to faith in Him. That's it. God has a lot of, a lot of things and a, a, a lot of uh, commands and there's so much, a, a very big book uh, of his word and it all comes down to redeeming mankind that every single person would not perish but they would spend eternity uh, with God. God has placed our strengths and our talents and our gifts in each of us to be used for that purpose. So each of us needs to serve by using those things. Then we are in unity moving forward in the kingdom of God, adding to its number, accomplishing its mission. We are the body of Christ. Though many different parts to the body, we are one. So you may teach toddlers in the nursery or you might greet people at the front door and you may never serve together, but you are keeping the unity of the Spirit. We had people serving at VBS this past week and others that are signed up to serve at the Daily Bread this coming weeks. They might not ever serve together, but they're keeping the unity of the Spirit. Just like any sports team or any business, you must work together to succeed. Where the body of Christ fails is when there's backbiting or there's gossiping or, or whatever. Where the body of Christ will succeed is when we have encouraging and when we have mentoring. Understanding that not every Christian 
will be as awesome as you and do something as good as you could, okay? But knowing that you can't do everything in the, in the world, right? So we need all of us to chip in, okay? The verse I read just a few minutes ago from Ephesians is right before uh, that list of gifts, like I said, in Romans 12, there's another passage uh, with gifts, and, and it's with gifts listed that Paul encourages us to use. But, in, but before he says those, he says in verse 4, so Romans 12, verse 4, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us, each of us is to use them, is to exercise them accordingly. We need to be using our gifts accordingly to the body of Christ in unity of the body of Christ. That the, the purpose and uh, would be accomplished, the mission of God would be accomplished. I want to uh, uh, conclude in a, in a couple different ways. One way is uh, very basic. I think we'll talk that first, and then we'll end with uh, some prayer and reflection time. But I wanted to conclude and, and have you be uh, challenged to use your gifts and uh, step out in faith, be led by the Holy Spirit, walk in the Holy Spirit. But I also wanted to give you some practical ways that we can serve the Lord. So that if you're thinking, oh, I'm not qualified uh, to serve the Lord in this way or that way, um, you're wrong. So I want to give you ideas of how you can serve the Lord, okay? Each one, each spot in front of you, there's a connect card. Um, if you would write down on the connect card what some of these are uh, that pop out to you, it says, oh, I could do that. Oh, I can, I can do that. Okay, write that down. I'm promising you, as your pastor... Uh, I'm not going to call you tomorrow and sign you up uh, to do this tomorrow, okay? Uh, it's an exercise to help you uh, to see what things you think you could do, what God's blessed you with and gifted you with, and it helps me to see uh, someone that I may have never uh, thought of that could help organize a picnic in the park, okay? That I could call them and say, oh, you like to do you know, make salads, awesome, we'll sign you up. Okay, so up here, uh, here are some ways to serve. And if something's not on the list and you think, oh, I could do, I could do something like that, write that down on the Connect card. Uh, you can just leave the Connect card on your seat as we leave today. But first off, uh, host a dinner at the church. That could be parties, activities, uh, and it takes a group of people, whether it's cooking the food, preparing the food, decorating, setting up, tearing down. Those are ministries. Those are ways to serve. Organizing a picnic in the park. Uh, we've talked about that and uh, having that in a few different uh, parks and in, in the communities represented uh, in our church. Playing with toddlers uh, in the nursery. 
cooking food, if you like to cook food, if you like to shake hands or just talk to people, uh, you can put a smile on your face and greet one another, greet people. We need you. Assisting in kids' church. Sometimes when we talk about uh, kids' church and you see 25 kids up here, and like, you want me to teach them? No, we need people who will sit there, okay? And we won't name any names, but some people have naughty children that they need an adult just to sit by them, okay? That's why we need helpers with Levi in the nursery. No, just kidding. Levi's my son, if you don't know. Um, uh, assisting in kids' church. Hosting a small group in your home just to allow people to come into your home and you would provide that. Or leading a small group where you're the leader of it. And we would try not to make the, the host be the leader uh, too. But uh, hosting small groups. Uh, hitting junior hires with a Nerf gun. Wait, I was supposed to say dodgeball. No, I was supposed to say youth ministry. So if you uh, have any interest in youth ministry and you like playing uh, Nerf guns or dodgeball, write that down. Um, tech stuff. Uh, not just for the sound uh, guys on a Sunday morning, but uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, serve if you're techie, if you understand those and you have that gifting. Uh, music stuff, uh, worship team, um, or not just on a Sunday morning again, but other times as well. Uh, volunteering with community organizations like the daily bread we're doing. Sometimes the schools will reach out and just need people. Um, they think they're just needing an adult to come in and be there. Um, but we can use it as an opportunity to say, you know, you can't preach Jesus in the school, but you show them how much you care when you show up to those things and it speaks to them. Um, Tossing candy in a parade. Uh, we'll talk about the 4th of July parade. I heard that we've sometimes in the past had a, a float in that. And there's others, I mean, communities have parades for everything. So there's like 20 parades a year that we could be involved in. And it's really all about throwing candy to the little children, right? So, um, and then anything else. I, I made this list the last couple of days. And, you know, you could go on and on. It's, there's so much that you could do. And uh, to say, like, man, I, I just don't know uh, what I want to do. We had a men's grilling day the other, the other day. Uh, well, it's been a month ago now. But um, you could bring a grill. You could help us to prepare those. And you could organize the games for that. Or you could have a, um, some of you ladies have had ideas for activities like a tea or something. Uh, anything of getting fellowship together and, and uh, when it involves church, like God's going to be glorified through it, doing these things. You'd, the body of Christ has to be moving. It needs to be moving. It's not one person. I'm not the body of Christ here. I'm not the head of the body of Christ here. Jesus is the head. All of us are operating as part of that body. And like we've studied in Romans again, I always go back to Romans, but uh, the ear can't say to the nose or the eye, like, I don't need you, okay? All the parts of the body are needed. If you think the pinky toe is not important, 
kick it on your bed, uh, <laughs> your bed stand, right? And you'll realize, oh, I guess I do need a pinky toe, okay? We're all needed and we're all valuable. Would you stand with me and uh, Angie, would you come and play a little bit? What I want to challenge you guys with today and what I hope that uh, you've gathered from my heart the past uh, month or, or more of serving, okay, is that uh, the Christian life, when we commit to following Christ, our, our relationship with God is a verb. It's not a noun. We learned that in one of our small group uh, lessons, that um, being a Christian is not a, a noun of like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. It's a verb. You need to be doing. You need to be going. You need to be serving, doing something, okay? Um, If this was like a gym, okay, you're getting built up in church, but you're getting built up to be used. You have a purpose, right? Not just to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, I gained this little extra muscle here, right? I look awesome, Okay, but we need to be uh, serving the Lord and doing things uh, for Him. And when, how we do that is to be led by the Holy Spirit in every, in every occasion, everywhere we go, everything that we do, big or small, being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And so uh, in, our, in our response time today, I want to encourage you guys to reflect on your own life. What, uh, what have you, how have you been utilizing the Holy Spirit? Have you been walking in the Spirit? Have you not? Is that an area that you need to uh, do and, and use more of? All of us can do it more. We can all uh, utilize the Holy Spirit more. But maybe you haven't done that at all. I want to encourage you to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Maybe you've never began a relationship with God and we're talking and you need help and the Holy Spirit's uh, directed you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's convicted you of the sin in your life and you realize you need Jesus and you need forgiveness and redeeming. Today can be that day that you can pray and ask the Lord into your heart. When we ask Jesus into our heart, That's a common phrase, but you're really asking, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to be in your life. And that you're you're following Jesus and you're following Him, but you're doing so by walking in the Spirit, by being led by the Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to help us in everything. And finally, uh, when we talk about the struggle and how the Holy Spirit helps us in overcoming, if, if you're in a struggle and uh, you need help to overcome, the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit can help you uh, to break chains or to, to live in victory. And so all of that, it's a very broad, I guess, response time of what I'm asking you to, to think about. But uh, Angie's going to sing a song here. And I would encourage you to spend this time in prayer and not necessarily singing uh, the words of the song, but praying what God is speaking to you right now. If there's a voice in your mind, in your conscience that's telling you, that's, that's helping you, that's the Holy Spirit showing you and telling you uh, what you need to be dealing with right now. 
So Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that helps us in so many ways. And God, as we reflect for just a few moments and we spend our time in prayer, Lord, would you just convict us of uh, sins that we need to overcome and we need your help. Help us to rely on you to do that. Help us to be open and and to humble ourselves and say, "I, I don't have all the answers. I need your help in, in my daily walk of uh, what I'm doing at work or where I'm going or how I'm speaking to people, the conversations that I'm having. I need your help, Holy Spirit, to speak through me. If we need to yield and humble ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we do that. We do that in these moments. And if we need to get our life right with you. We've never asked Jesus into our heart. We've never committed to following you. And we need to do that today, God. Help us. Help us to do that. As Angie uh, sings, uh, please be in prayer. And if you'd like uh, me to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you if you would come forward. We praise you. Your Holy Spirit's with us daily. And God, as we Uh, may go from this building and we go out into the world. Uh, We want to take you with us. Holy Spirit, would you help us daily, Lord, each one, that we would just be uh, having a deeper relationship with you, that we would walk with you. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves in the times that we may need to slow down and and wait on you and, and pray to you, Holy Spirit, and wait for your voice of what to do or how to do the choice that we need. Help us, God. Help us, God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you're a living God and that what you call us to do, you equip us to do it. And so I just pray for opportunities to come for each of these people, Lord, to use the gifts that you've blessed them with uh, for your mission, for your glory, Lord. We just love you, God, and we just pray a blessing over this week that you would um, just uh, bless those that are unable to be here today, uh, uh, working in the fields or on vacation, whatever they may be. God, that you just bless them. God, we just love you, Lord, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.